Since brass, nor stone, nor earth, nor boundless sea, but sad mortality o'ersways their power, how with this rage shall beauty hold a plea, whose action is no stronger than a flower? Oh, how shall summer's honey breath hold out against the wreckful siege of battering days, when rocks impregnable are not so stout, nor gates of steel so strong, but time decays? Oh, fearful meditation, where, alack, Shall time's best jewel from time's chest lie hid? Or what strong hand can hold this swift foot back? Or who his spoil of beauty can forbid? O oh, none, unless this miracle have might, That in black ink my love may still shine bright. Welcome to Outside of a Dog's Sonnet Fortnight, where we discuss why Shakespeare's sonnets are actually really good. Welcome back to We Discuss an English Writer's Midlife Crisis 400 Years After His Death. So, again, like yesterday with Sonnet 64, we have this thought, everything ends, everything decays, nothing will last. But, as you said, there is a little something there at the end. Yes, there is this time something in the heroic couplet that might help us find solace, find something hopeful in there. And it is comparable to Sonnet 18, where the writer also hopes that his writing shall preserve the love and beauty of his object of affection. But this time it's, well, all that darkness maybe left its traces, because this time it's much more dubious. It is not a promise, you will survive in my writing. It is more, yeah, describing what can only be described as he does as a miracle. There is only the faintest shadow of hope. And before the heroic couplet, we again have this listing of all the things that will die and wither, it is basically a direct continuation of Sonnet 64, since brass and stone and sea are mentioned again. So all these things we've already heard will die. And this time another thing is added to the list, namely beauty. And for the poet, that is the worst thing to consider, that everything beautiful, everything he loves, everything he writes about will also die and mean nothing in the end. It is very interesting to see how these poems flow into one another and sometimes seem like they're directly answering each other. Here it would be really interesting to know how much Shakespeare was involved in the publication. Because, as we said, it is always difficult to talk about the author and especially the sonnets have for a long time been interpreted very autobiographically, which is maybe a trap we should avoid. But then again, as we've said, there are certain things that seem to speak to what we know about his life, the little that we know about his life. I think this really seems like he went back to it. Like he wrote Sonnet 64 and he thought, that's really bleak, is there really no hope? But he couches it in these indirect terms. Unless this miracle have might that in black ink my love may still shine bright. Might even is, well, it is also a conjunctive. Again, a nice double meaning of a word. It may shine bright, but he also talks about his black ink, which does not sound very hopeful. Exactly. This contrast and this very, very doubtful attitude makes this different from the more optimistic and also more confident poems that occurred earlier. 
confidence about one's abilities, that has been a topic so far as well. And we've seen that there was this notion of Shakespeare doubting maybe the abilities of his writing or of words in general to really capture the love and beauty and now the existence of everything in the world. But, well, hope endures. Does it, though? Because even though we've said that the fact that 400 years later we still talk about these poems, which kind of means that he was right, they still endure, but do they? Because we talk about Shakespeare, we do not talk about the people who these are addressed to, we speculate about them, but fruitlessly. We have no idea who they are, and most people don't really care anymore. So these poems no longer celebrate the beauty of the person they describe, or the amazing things that they did, they are actually now celebrated because of the amazing person who wrote them. So maybe that could be considered a failure of its own. But then again, they do celebrate beauty and they do celebrate love. And as we said, we can connect it maybe to our own lives or to our own attitudes. So maybe at least these things did survive, if not the people themselves or the reactions to these people, at least the emotions that are somehow enshrined in these words. That's the great thing about it, the ambiguity, and that Shakespeare at the time of writing was somehow aware of this ambiguity and thematizes it. That is kind of a mindfuck, really, sometimes. It's amazing that on the one hand he's so boisterous and saying, oh yes, this will endure and it will give you love. And it kind of made me really dislike him at the beginning, where he's a lot more like this. So this more doubtful section endeared me to him again. So the world might be going to the dogs, but at least he has love, right? At least with him and his beloved, everything is fine. Or is it? Find out tomorrow when we discuss Sonnet 78. Thank you very much for listening. For more information, visit outsideofadogcast.com.